Holy Spirit, pour out upon us wisdom and understanding, that being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be opened to receive all that leads to life and holiness. We pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Old Testament reading from Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 to 8. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you and return to the Lord, and say to him, Take away all guilt. Accept that which is good, and we will offer the fruit of our lips. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride upon horses. We will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their disloyalty. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall strike the root like the forests of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive tree and his fragrance like that of Lebanon. They shall again live beneath my shadow. They shall flourish as a garden. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fragrance shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I'm like an evergreen. Your fruit comes from me. The response of reading this morning is Psalm 116. The words are on the screen. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my supplications. Because he is blind and is dear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I kept my faith even when I said, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my consternation, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his bounty to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant 
I will offer to you a thanksgiving sacrifice and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. The next reading is from the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 to 5. Pursue love and strive for the spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. For those who speak in a tongue do not speak to other people, but to God, for no one understands them, since they are speaking mysteries in the Spirit. But those who prophesy speak to other people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Those who speak in a tongue build up themselves but those who prophesy build up the church. Now I would like all of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. One who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. John chapter 15, verses 1 to 8. Listen for God's word to his people. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If I abide in you, pardon me, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Friends in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Edward Norton Lawrence. Anybody know? Edward Norton Lawrence, recognize the name? Even my scientists aren't putting up their hands. You probably don't recognize his name. You may be familiar with his work, however. Lawrence was a mathematician and a meteorologist, 
And in 1972, Edward Norton Lawrence presented a paper to the American Association for the Advancement of Science entitled, anybody want to take a guess now? Does the flap of a butterfly's wings in Brazil set off a tornado in Texas? Right? We've heard that, right? That flapping of a butterfly's wing in some other place in the world can have effect on the weather where we are. Now, let's kind of put things right. The experiment that led to this now famous paper about a butterfly flapping its wings had nothing to do with a butterfly at all when it began. Lawrence was simply running a computer model to predict the weather. And while his 1970s computer, I'm sure probably a computer that took up about the size of this sanctuary, was grinding through its data, Lawrence wandered out of the lab to get a cup of coffee. And when he returned, the results that had been generated from his data set surprised him because they were markedly different than the original data that he had put into the machine. And therefore, it wasn't anything that he had expected. At first, he thought it was a bad tube. Somewhere in the machine, there was a fault. But before he called technical support to offer to him that wonderful advice that all technical support people give. Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Actually, that's probably not what they would have said to him back then, but that's, you know, the solution today. Before he called technical support to send them running through this vast machine looking for the defective tube, he thought he would stop for just a moment and look at his data to see where the error was in a hope that then he could point the technician to the right section of the machine, to the right component, and maybe the right tube. And what he discovered was that the problem wasn't the computer. There goes that excuse, folks. The problem wasn't the computer. It was a rounding error. Rather than typing in the full digits that he had had in his data set, he rounded them off to three numbers. So 0.506127 was simply 0.506. And what he discovered was that that small change, 0.00127, something that we'd probably consider completely insignificant, when carried out across the entirety of a data set for two or three months, rendered a shockingly different result. 
from that simple rounding error, Lorenz began then to, to think about it. And he determined, as somebody put it, that something as simple as the flap of a seagull's wing or a butterfly in Brazil could have significant effects on the weather thousands of miles away. And from that grew our understanding about that, that whole saying about the butterfly in Brazil and the tornado in Texas. Our understanding that we are all connected one to another, that something we do today, even though it might be trivial and insignificant, can have immense impact when it is magnified over time and space. But of course, we know that. Christians have long understood that interconnectedness is important. Long before Lawrence and his flawed computer model delivered him his surprising data, Jesus said these words that we hear this morning. We see the proof of, our of the importance of our interconnectedness in our reading from John's gospel this morning. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes so that it will bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Therefore, abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. It is one of those quintessential Johannine texts, isn't it? One in which Jesus speaks of the relationality of our faith. I am in you, and you are in me, and we are in the Father, and those who remain in me will bear much fruit. And maybe it's here in this text about the vine and the branches, that all of those swirling texts that Jesus says about abiding in each other finally connect and come together and we get a sense of what he is speaking of. Trying to figure out this text, now, for some of us it may be a challenge, but for the gardeners amongst us, it's probably fairly simple. Perhaps the gardeners understand the text the best. If you tend a garden, then you are aware of this fact, that a garden is not just a place of unlimited growth. Vegetables must be picked at the right time. If they aren't, then they become tough and turn to seed. They're no longer food, but seed. A rhubarb patch. If you leave your rhubarb patch to go, within 
after the spring is gone, after a few weeks, it's pretty much done with. It dies and withers off and is unedible. But if you keep picking it, picking it and picking it, it will continue to regenerate itself and provide fruit through eh, most of the summer. If you have green tomatoes on the vine, this is important. Go out this afternoon and look. If you have green tomatoes still on the vine, then now is the time to prune back all of the leaves of your plant so that it will put all of its energy into the ripening of the fruit. If you haven't pinched all the, all the leaves off and the new growth already. Right? Pushed and challenged, tended and pruned. The garden will grow. Left alone, ignored, assuming growth is taking place, it becomes wild and ceases to bear much fruit. But a little nip here and a little pinch there will make the world of difference. Our calling as the church is to be a fellowship of faith. To be gathered together in worship and praise, in study and prayer, that we may grow in faith and bear much fruit. What you do today can make a world of difference for this congregation and the world if you bear fruit. Think about the ministry of Jesus for a while, for a minute. It had an immense impact on the lives of those whom Jesus touched. And yet, yet, at surface level, Jesus' interactions with people were simple. They were literally a touch, a word, a request for a drink of water. But in those simple actions of touching and asking, people were assured that they were accepted and welcomed and loved by God. And the same is true for us. People enter this place on a Sunday morning they, to come into God's house, yes, to offer praise and thanksgiving, certainly. But on a Sunday morning, stranger and friend alike, we come seeking welcome and acceptance, hope, healing, and joy. And for all of those who come into this place, we are the messengers. You are the messengers. The challenge that faces the church in the future, we don't even know what they are. I've said to several people here, uh, said at other places, we're writing the history of the church. 
No minister in the world right now goes to the library and goes, what is the, let me take out three books on what it means to be the post-COVID-19 church. Because we're still trying to figure it out. Figure out what it means and what its implications are. There are great blessings in being the post-COVID-19 church. And there are great challenges in being the post-COVID-19 church. One of the great blessings is that every church has a worldwide outreach. It used to be just Robert Schuller from the Crystal Cathedral in, in Garden Grove, California, that got on, your, on a screen on Sunday morning and preached to Reformed Christians around the world. Not any longer. As witnessed by Jamila. Good morning, Jamila. Next week when, we, when you see this. As witnessed by Jamila, who's in Japan. Jamila will see this service. And we, as a congregation, have a worldwide ministry. Others will watch, too. Members of our congregation, near and far. And others. I'm not sure if that's a blessing or a curse. And it, it certainly sobers up a minister every once in a while that, to think that this is going further than just the group of disciples that gather here on a Sunday morning. But we also know that there's a great challenge in that. While we've been able to draw many people in through technology, both people who are far away and Members of our congregation who we used to call shut-ins, but now, of course, are just as present with us on a Sunday morning as we are. It's also sometimes just a little bit easier to stay at home in house coat and slippers and a better cup of coffee. Maybe stay home with communion because your wine's better, uh, you know, something like that. And the challenge, and, and that's, you know, part of our central core as a church, to be gathered together in the worship and praise and thanksgiving of God, to be neighbor for one another as we greet each other on a Sunday morning here in this place and declare that God is good and that God loves us all. Hmm. Challenges and opportunities, and blessings. I am the vine, and you and my father is the vine dresser. Those who bear fruit, he prunes so that there's more fruit. You've already been cleansed. By the word that I have spoken to you so that you may abide in me and I in you. And just as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it is connected to the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus is the branch to which we are engrafted 
and made part of the tree. But we are not alone as the branch. There are other vines and other branches, other arms of the church and other communities of faith around the world gathering today too. All of us remembering how we are blessed by being connected to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by being invited to come, to come to a worship center, wherever that might be, a sanctuary or under a tree, to give praise and thanks to God, to know that God is good, to celebrate with simple things, with bread and with wine, to reach out, and to touch another, to smile and assure them that this place is God's house and that here everyone has a place. Thanks be to God for his blessings to us this day and always. Amen.